exploration of the feminine and the masculine is, I mean, just like in my experience. So like, this was the like, okay, feminine energy. And then I was like, man, I fucking hate the masculine energy. Like screw <laughs> that. I don't want to be masculine anymore. And so it was, it's been this like, you know, a year of me and my feminine the masculine's there ish, but whatever, I'm not paying attention to it. And then this would have been like, I don't know, this was like a month ago when I was telling you, and I was like, oh my God, I get the masculine. I love the masculine. I love the masculine in me so much. And I love incorporating it. And I love both of them, the both and. And when you get to that point, oh, you're like free. You are liberated. You, you feel light because it's just, that is love of yourself. This is phase two of Rebirth with me and Gabriela La Roca. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Rain Studios podcast. I am Rain Reed. And I am here today to release um, episode 19, which is going to be me and Gabriela La Roca again for the second phase of our rebirth series. So um, many of you may know about the program that I offer called Rebirth. And if you're new to the podcast, this is um, my manifesto of the moment. Um, and it's a program that I offer that has six modules and what Gabrielle and I are doing together is going through each module and just, um, Gabriela is really, um, sharing her experience as one of my earliest rebirth clients. And it's just like, it's sort of the best way that I've found, um, to help explain to you all what it is that we do in the program. Um, Gabriela was one of my earliest and, and is still working with me today. Now she's actually um, doing my RYT, my um, yoga training program as well. So she is just fully immersed in the work and it's so delightful to work with her because she too is in fact one of my greatest teachers as all of my clients, all of my um, the students that I've had the privilege of teaching in person and even online. Um, it's such a mutual exchange. Um, really, all of our life experience are mutual exchanges. So, yeah, so this um, and on part two, we're exploring um, the sort of coming of age from uh, child to young adult, um, exploring the first bleed for the feminine and the first fluid dream for the masculine. Um, so yes, enjoy this conversation with me and Gabriela La Roca. It doesn't terrify me as much this time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Welcome back, Gabriela La Roca, the Almeida de Lourdes. Um, we are here again on the second part of the rebirth series. So for the listeners tuning in, this is Gabriella is one of our, my earliest clients and one of my most devoted. Um, and this is when I was actually, we were just wrapping before, um, we pushed the record button, but 
I would like to go on record here saying that Gabriella is actually one of my greatest teachers oh. and that I'm so grateful for you and how you just pepper yourself into my life. Literally, we're not like speaking uh, or texting or whatever at the moment, but little Gabriella uh, messages come through all the time. Um, I mean, we're the same person. <laughs> we are. We, we must have shared a womb at some point. <laughs> there is a big energetic connection between us, and 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 an ocean between us. You know, and yeah, it's just it's really really divine to be doing this work with you um, and being able to share it with the listeners. So thank you. I just oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for guiding me. Thank you for everything everything. Oh, right back at you. So today we are um, in this phase two. I've decided I'm going to start to use the word phase because I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, And in this phase, we're exploring the first bleed and our relationship to our moon cycle, menses, menstruation, bleeding, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that is highly a part of the work. So I'd actually like to start with that, Gabriella, the Mm -hmm. um, deliberate language um, being something that we like kind of wrapped up in our last conversation, how we moved from pregnant to (laughs) child, (laughs) the narrative of being with child and just energetically how that feels. So um, for I just remember, uh, and I think I shared this with you, that like my monthly cycle, the word that I I really end up saying my cycle or my moon or bleeding, just like super brass tacks bleeding. Um, But I'm wondering and curious what words you're using. I usually use moon cycle, but this is one of those that um, depends on who I'm with. This yeah. is one of those that like, like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm around people that are doing this work, I will say moon cycle. But then if I'm with, uh, like at work, if I'm talking about it at work, I know that if I said I got my moon cycle, people be like, wait, what? <laughs> what, yeah. what are you talking about? And I'm like, okay. So just period. I say period when I'm at work. Yeah. And then in Spanish, it's really interesting because it's regla. So like. It's a very harsh, I don't, I mean, regla, I see red when I think of that word and um, yeah, I have like regla can be like ruler and maybe that's not the actual definition, but that's how, that's the definition that I think of when I think of regla. So um, that's so interesting when I hear and see regla, I think regular, oh, which, which okay. is, you know, the sort of, it, and, and the moon cycle should is divinely designed. I won't say should, but is divinely designed to be regular, to be yeah, like a rule that it's yeah. a thing that happens. That makes sense. Yep. 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 Yeah, right. Oh, and hey. so fun. <laughs> yes. Thank you for bringing that um, divine Espanol into our work. It's um, that comes up quite a few times in our, in this, in this time together. Yep. Um, so yeah, and I just want to share with the listeners, like, you know, you might be, uh, reacting to what Gabriella is saying. Like, you know, I sort of change my language depending upon where I am, where I am. Like, is that a chameleon effect? 
And I think that it's important to just notice what kind of energy are you uh, saying or receiving that with? Like, I, I believe that, that the ability to, you know, speak to your audience is important when, when communicating. And, you know, uh, but that's not to say that at some point, you know, you, anyone might feel more comfortable or that it's more appropriate to share the wording of moon cycle. Uh, because of its significance, because of its beauty, because of its truth. Um, and I, I think I'm just going to go ahead and roll into that. So the reason why we call it a moon cycle is because of the connection to the moon. So mm -hmm. moon holds the tides. Um, and we're all very okay with this. We're all in, in, a, in a complete unison understanding globally that the ocean moves twice a day significantly, you know, mm -hmm. like four to eight feet, something really big. Um, and then during the full moon phase, the tides are more dramatic. So that means there's a larger flux in uh, the rising and the falling of the water. And we're all okay with that. We're all, I mean, every single human on the planet, there's no one that's going to um, sort of uh, try to argue against that. And what's interesting is that, that the percentage of water to the body um, is between 60 and 70%. Humans are 60 and 70% water. And as is most, most of the living things on the planet, so much of, of living things are water. And so the moon is not discriminatory. It doesn't just only pull on the ocean. It actually pulls on every body, every body of water which means everybody. And that also doesn't leave out gentlemen. So whichever, <laughs> and, and anything in between, whatever gender you're um, feeling, you still made of 60 to 70% water. So it's still pulling on us. And then, but then for the biological female, it is a significant um, determining factor for when your cycle um, occurs. And so many of us, and I meant to tell you this, Gabriela, we're right on schedule. Right after we finished the previous podcast, both of us started our moon. You I did just, too. I forgot. I just forgot to text you back, but I was just like, of course, metronome. So it's, I mean, it's weird. Cause like they say, it's like cats, you know, but we're far, we're geographically really far away, but we, but our energy <laughs> seems to be working together. Phil. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. It really is amazing. It really is amazing. And so that is um, also what we uh, in there's there's two phases or two sort of arrangement, if you will, of the moon cycle, which on the red moon cycle, uh, well, I'll start with the white moon because that's sort of the more common. Um, and that is to bleed on the new and ovulate on the full. Um, and then the red moon cycle is to bleed on the full and right. Wait, did I just say that right? Uh, yeah, you bleed on the, the full moon. Yes. And the moon. I, yeah, I think that's what it was. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. Wait, Wait so then what are we now? <laughs> I have to just, well, we, we're in like a transition. We're transitioning mm -hmm. from the white moon to the red moon. 
And so this will happen. And to me, it to me, it seems that it happens twice a year. It happens like at the change between um, yeah, spring to summer and then the change from fall to winter. It could be because I remember, I think we both <clears throat> transitioned to the yes. red medical at the same time in the fall at some point. Yes, we transition for winter. Yeah, into yeah. that red moon cycle. Huh. Okay. So there's, um, I'm going to put links in the show notes to a really great article that gets kind of nerdy in here. Um, and the the new PDF that I've made for the rebirth um, work that's available to all. Um, there's much more um, questions and things to reflect on um, around your cycle. And so, but I, I want to really, uh, suggest or implore to the listeners that, you know, that you play around with the words um, and give yourself permission to feel how moon sounds coming out of your mouth, you know, and what comes up there. Like, cause I remember I just felt like such a phony cause I'm like, oh, I'm not one of those like real connected women that's, that can call it their moon, but that's, it's just, that's a construct of the mind. Mm-hmm. We're all that we're all that in divinely feminine. We can just take ownership or, you know, give ourselves permission to, to um, reconnect to these truths. And so I'd love to hear uh, what, what your experience has been, Gabriella, with reconnecting with your moon cycle. Ooh, it's been, uh, it's been awesome. Uh, I mean, I had actually, so I had stopped, well, I had been on birth control for, for, I don't know. I think I started when I was 20, 19, and I had started even before I was having sex. And so, because I would not get my period for like my moon for three months, just wouldn't get it. And so I went on birth control then for that reason. And, um, I had a year before doing rebirth, I had decided to stop taking it because, um, I think I wanted an IUD or that's what it's called, right? An Uh IUD. I had wanted to, I was thinking about getting one of those. And then, uh, like I had all all the appointments set up and actually the woman was like, yeah, that's not going to fit inside you. (laughs) So, yeah. And so I was like, okay, and I had talked with my partner at the time and he was like, well, we can just use condoms. I have no problem with that. So I was like, okay, well then I just won't take anything. Cause I don't really want to, I didn't want to be on birth control anymore. Cause I had actually, I remember now I had started to forget to take it. And so I was like, and I, you know, I was super consistent yeah. for years and years and years and years. And then suddenly I was just, I kept forgetting to take it. And I was like, okay, my body's telling me that like, it doesn't want to be on this anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, that was, I started like a year before, but you know, I, I wasn't really paying attention to when I was getting my moon or, I mean, I, I was, um, there was a, a friend who we generally were on the same cycle. And so that was kind of like how I knew if she was about to get it, then I was too, but not really paying attention. And, um, and then, and so when starting with you with rebirth, it was like, okay, let's pay attention. Yeah. Uh, 
because as I think I actually there was like I didn't want to think about it which was in part why I wanted that I just was like I don't actually want to think about this I don't want to pay attention to it I, re- I, so I, I remember that that is I wrote that so big up at the top of your page I don't even mm-hmm. want to think about it and I mm-hmm. really want the listeners to feel that for a second because and we've all like we've all been there I can't speak for everyone I was there I remember being there I didn't want to think about it for years it society has like told us that your period is a problem you know it's Mm -hmm. just something to to cover up secretly absorb without anyone knowing pretend like you're full steam ahead 100% like go 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 I mean I think I taught uh, like 108 sun salutations one time when I was full bleed like second day and it's just now that I know, now that I, we have this awareness of what our cycle is trying to tell us, you know, our, our cycle is designed in a way uh, for us to honor it, for us to work with it. And it's, um, it's in conjunction really with like the, the season. So the bleeding phase is, is like the winter time. So the bleeding is for quieting down, for nourishing oneself deeply, hydrating, journaling, snuggling in bed for locks of hours uh you know and 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 taking that hydration that replenishing seriously because the truth is and I don't know if anybody remembers this stand-up that Chris Rock did when he's like running around on stage and he's like and how can you trust an animal that bleeds for nine days and doesn't die tell me how you trust that person yep that's every woman and I was just like and I remember I was watching uh I watched that when I got my wisdom teeth out so I was like probably like sixth, seventh grade. Uh And I will just never forget that. But it's like, yes, to bleed for three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine days is extraordinary. The real etymology, it's extraordinary. Because like, yes, I mean, it happens to all of us, but it's still, that's sort of a mystery as to how we could survive such a thing month after month after month. So the truth is, is to dive in you know, as opposed to avert, which is what you had shared. And, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, I've also felt that way. I want nothing to do with this, this bleeding. But when you turn into it and, and you really like commit to it, you'll notice that the, the next phase is the autumn phase, which is, you know, sort of gearing up, um, getting ready for, um, or excuse me, wait. Spring, spring. Spring, thank you. So mm-hmm. first, yeah, bleeding is wintertime. Then springtime comes, um, and this is the gearing up phase. So you'll find energetically, um, you know, that you start to kind of come out of your shell and start to want to socialize again and feeling a little friskier. Then comes ovulation time, and this is the friskiest time of the month. And I warn all of my clients or remind them all, like, if you just want to have sex with your partner a lot or like a perfect stranger, this is not for no reason. This is because you are ovulating. And so Mm -hmm. this is very good to know, you know, if you're attracted to somebody that like, you know, for the other 20 some odd days of the month, you're kind of like, eh, but then there's a couple of days there. You're like, Ooh, he's really special. (laughs) That is your ovulation speaking. 
So it's a spike in hormones, but at this time in life or it, through the month, it's also really important if you have the ability to say, give a presentation or um, you know, create something, throw a party, have friends over for a meal, this is the time when, you're, when we're really showing up. It's that summer, that heightened, that fruiting, the full fruit and bloom. Um, this is that time of your month. And then, then fall, then autumn comes in and that's sort of the, that's sort of the trickle off. So we start to, the energy starts to go um, back downward and we start to just recollect ourselves to then go into our winter phase again into bleeding again and this is a cycle my friend so it just it keeps going so if you know if you don't get the next one it just for quite some time for many of us this is going to be um just a total new relationship so Gabriella, in your life, how have you seen using your, your cycle like to your benefit as opposed to averting from it? What has happened since you leaned in? It, like while you're speaking just now, it makes me think of, or I think of like the frustration, like the reason, I mean, there's so many reasons why we like hate to get our period. And one of them is that because your body is telling you, I need to rest. I want to nurture myself. I just want to hug myself. I want to snuggle in bed and we are not allowed to. And so of course we're like, that is a time of anger and frustration. You, we're not, we're not giving ourselves permission to do what our body is asking us to do. And that's one of the things is that like, like I've come to embrace my cycle because it's like, oh yes, this is the time where like, I got to go into major self-care mode and do all the things that just make me feel nourished and taken care of. And that some, that I look forward to that time. That is such a wonderful time. It's embracing it. Oh. And, and it is this like, okay, no, right now I have to do this. I get to do this. I get to take care of myself. And that's just a big perspective shift like it's some like this is not it's not something to like anymore at least the way I see it I, I, I it's like you can look forward to it like I get to look forward to this time to do that and that's that's wonderful and then there's just the like heightened sense of of getting to know your own body which like I I, I remember when I first got the moon cup and this was before I had done that before rebirth, but just like actually like looking at, at the contents because I had never, I mean, at every time I had seen the blood, it's always like, you know, on the, on the pad or in like, you know, on the tampon and yeah. it's like dried and that's not, in, it's not it. Yeah. And then like looking at it and like, you know, smelling it and be like, okay, wow, this is, this is what's coming out of my body right now. Okay. And like, you feel a little bit more connected. And it's, it just, it, it really helps you trust your body because you're getting to know yourself and, and understanding yourself a little better and understanding the cycles. And then when you flow with the cycles, you're so much more in alignment with yourself, with nature, with everything around you. And, and I, I also remember uh, one time I had, um, this was during rebirth. I had gone to the doctor. I think they thought I had two, um, 
I don't remember what it was. They thought I had two, is it, would it be two uteruses? I don't know. The doctor, doctor saw something the last time I went, or this was a year ago. And so I had, was getting an ultrasound just because they're checking it out. And the, I remember the doctor telling me, uh, he's like, wow, you are super fertile right now. <laughs> he was wow. like, you like, you know, if you're not trying to have a child, like be careful. And no one, like the, growing up, the doctors has always said, oh, you're going to have such a, a difficult time trying to have children if you ever want to, like, you know, you have to plan so far in advance. It's going to be such a struggle for you. And then, and when he said that, it just felt so beautiful. Like, like what a great, just, it felt natural. It felt, I felt connected to it. It meant something to me. And like, it's just like, okay, my body is, my body is working. My body is doing what it's supposed to be. I can trust it. I can trust myself. And it brings self-confidence too. Yes. Oh my gosh. You just said so many things. Wow. So first I would like to hold space for any of, any of you, including Gabriella, you know, who has been told by a licensed professional medical person at some time in their life that they're not fertile or that you're going to have a hard time because that is a blanket statement. Urmanta. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. can just talk about, it's like pouring water on burning embers. Mm-hmm. You know, I just see like the campfire being snuffed because, you know, the truth is, is that your hormones are cyclic, just like we just discussed. Um, also, how tired are you? How stressed are you? What are you eating? How are you nourishing yourself? What are your relationships like to other people and yourself? All of those things directly affect your hormone levels tremendously. And they can change within a matter of hours, days, weeks, months, but specifically hours and days. Like for whatever reason, I mean, even just being in the hospital or being in the doctor's office and knowing that you're going to get these tests and there's these strangers. And if it's a man, oh my goodness, you know, all of that can literally in a moment change your hormonal levels to then read a test that's going to say that you're not fertile or that, you know, or that there's complications or whatnot. Um, there can also be dietary things, you know, if you're eating too many steroid injected animals or too much dairy coming from a traumatized uh, cow or goat mama, mm-hmm. these things can all, I just <laughs> really don't want to apologize purple, but my nasaliness is just, is getting to me. So listeners bear with me. Um, but, you know, I just want to hold space for, for all of anyone who has been told that um, because it's this program can literally reoxygenate that those embers and make your flame burn bright and make and give you power back to your cycle. And what Gabriella just said, getting to know yourself, being in alignment, that literally equals trusting yourself. Hello, hello, Rain is here to drop a line about my program, Rebirth. 
All right, so for the duration of March is the early bird special to get into my program to change your life, to redevelop your relationship with your instincts and your intuition, to understand yourself from birth through life and all the way to the end of life, also known as death. <laughs> this is what my program is all about and so March is going to be early bird admissions, April is going to be regular admissions, and then about halfway through May, March, uh, May 15th is going to be the uh, final day of intake for the program. The program begins at the end of May and it's going to last for six weeks and we are going to do it in group format. I am so delighted to bring us all together and for us to use the strength of the pack to move through rebirth, um, yes, together, and just have an incredible metamorphosis transition into your most authentic self. So links in show notes. Join me. Let's do this. Back to the show. You get to know who you are. And so much of who we are is what we are, physiologically, what we are. And yes, to see the blood in the cup, I mean, it's, it's alarming sometimes, like how much is in there and how dark and how deep and how red and how that that is just, it's a life-giving uh, liquid, you know, that we're expelling. And so having a relationship with that truth is so healing for so many of us who have had to just hide the truth, you know, have, there's a shame narrative around, you know, in high school, I remember like hiding the tampon in my sleeve of my, you know, hoodie sweatshirt to like run to the bathroom to quote unquote, deal with my problem. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, I'm just hoping, you know, I'd love to work with women in their teens uh, with young ladies, you know, in their teens and, because, you know, imagine if we were circling up like this and supporting each other at young ages, you know, just how, you know, like for us, like in the commons was like the area, you know, like where we would hang out. If there was like a circle of just all the ladies who are bleeding, you know, go hang out, nourish yourselves and everybody would know and everybody would be, you know, proud or bowing uh, you know bowing their heads in reverence to to what was going on as opposed to gosh you know laughing at the poor girl who's like has blood on her shorts or something yeah so just holding space for um for some of those traumas and uh truths you know that have that have happened to so many of us um i mean that it is something that like being told that it's going to be difficult for you to have children I mean, I, I would have been 18, I think oh. it has absolutely affected me because it is just one of those. I mean, I, I have date like two very long-term relationships with people who did not, who expressed in the very beginning of a relationship that they weren't interested in having children. And, and I was kind of like, well, like I didn't really give myself permission to think about it because I was like, well, okay, because it's it's gonna be difficult for me. So I guess like, okay, I'm fine with that. Right. And I wow. just I I I didn't even I didn't give myself the opportunity to really decide if if that was something that I wanted or not. Right. 
Wow. Thank you. And you know, what you had said right before we turned the mics on was this, this chapter, this phase of our work together when you and I started Rebirth, this particular day was what reignited your connection to your feminine. Mm-hmm. This is what you shared with me. And mm-hmm. that is oh, just like, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so glad I have my sandbag, right? Because I would just be floating off of the ground because reconnecting to the feminine is what it's all about. We, we have, we are all made of 50-50. We've all got bio dad and bio mom. It's just the truth. And mm-hmm. we show up with a certain set of reproductive organs uh, that, you know, usually uh, I'm not even going to say that because really like we have a certain set of reproductive organs and, and they turn on certain hormonal um, activations of the body. But we all have masculine qualities and feminine qualities. And so much of our society is really oxygenating the effort of the masculine. And I mean, I feel it in myself and I feel it myself still to this day. You know, when I read like, these are the masculine qualities, bold, compassionate, loud, uh, you know, those are the ones I'm thinking of, but because those are the action ones oriented, action oriented. Yes. But so the, the, the rest of the list don't apply to me. So I don't even remember them. Right. <laughs> Uh, structured structured yeah I mean forget about it grounded (laughs) exactly peace and point so we got loud um bold compassionate structured grounded what was the other one you said action oriented action oriented (laughs) yes I mean those ones but so I personally I identify with those first three um, that are only first, cause that's my list. Right. But, um, and so on the feminine list, we see, oh, uh, well, and also, um, for the masculine, there's the brightness, right. It's like the sun is a mm-hmm. warmth. So the feminine it's the moon. The moon is this, is the, is like the celestial, um, a symbol for the feminine. The sun is the less celestial symbol for the masculine. And it's like, but I love both. You know, it's like we have this connection with both and all of us do. And this work of rebirth is so helpful for me in just reminding me that like, I have both and I want to be proud of both and I want to embody both. And I want to allow myself to sort of fluidly like move between the energies, you know, when I'm cooking meals, when I'm making tea, when I'm in the garden, like I'm really trying to harness that feminine. When I'm caring for my son, uh, I really need to, I really need to dig in when I'm caring for my partner, because I think oftentimes I end up getting into my masculine when I'm in my partnership because I'm trying to fight, I'm, try, or I'm trying to be equal and I feel like I need to rise up. And so my moon cycle reminds me every month, like you're 
your predominant energy, reindeer, is the feminine. So return to me, return to me. And so I'm saying this as literal, like I'm re-educating, I'm re-embodying all of this practice right now as we're speaking in such a divine way. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate you, Gabriella, for holding space for me in this moment um, as I'm just sort of reliving some of this magic that comes along with, uh, with this phase. Oh, it touched me. I'm feeling it. And I think what's, what's also so like about what you're just saying is that it's also, it's such a process. That's a never ending process. Uh, but the, like your, your journey, your explanation or your exploration of the feminine and the masculine is, I mean, just like in my experience. So like, this was the like, okay, feminine energy. And then I was like, man, I fucking hate the masculine energy. Like screw <laughs> that. I don't want to be masculine anymore. And so it was, it's been this like, you know, a year of me and my feminine and the masculine's there ish, but whatever, I'm not paying attention to it. And then this would have been like, I don't know, this was like a month ago when I was telling you, and I was like, oh my God, I get the masculine. I love the masculine. I love the masculine in me so much. And I love incorporating it. And I love both of them, the both and. And when you get to that point, oh, you're like free. You are liberated. You, you feel light because it's just, that is love of yourself. So excited for everybody that's doing this. It's going to feel great. <laughs> oh, so great. And, it's, and sometimes it feels really hard, right? Yes, 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 so yes, yes. I, but I love, uh, yes, yes, the both and, I mean, the both and. But so I'm excited for everyone too. Like, I feel like just taking a moment to be like excited that, you know, because for two and a half, almost three years now, people were like, what, what, what is rebirth? And I'm like, ah. <laughs> Ah, so many things. <laughs> but this is really like, I'm just, oh, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here. Um, so as, as Gabriella just said, I'm so excited for you all to be doing this. Can you tell us a little bit about that darkness that you experienced in this, uh, as you said, that this was the, this was the only, um, was it the only one you cried? Um, it wasn't the only time I cried during the the six weeks, but I think it was the only time that I cried during our our one to one during our session. Yeah, yeah. And what I, was it that brought the tears? Oh man! So part of it was that weekend before I partied like crazy and felt like shit. I felt like shit. I felt shame. I was in a major shame cycle because, uh, you know, like I had totally overdone it. I don't know if I had blacked out that weekend, but like, you know, it's just that I'd overdone it. I felt awful. I felt physically terrible. I felt emotionally blah. And, and just to, just to nerd out a little bit, that's like a super serotonin dopamine low. You were just like literally running on empty. I remember that. Like, I remember your, like being, it was like a fumes tank that you were running on and it was palpable. I could see it. And I knew that you were going to come out of it. And I knew that this would be super helpful, but I, I do remember just wanting to like bear hug you, you know, and 
bring you as much chicken or fungi as I could. (laughs) Well, I felt it. Um, Yes, I was really, I was really low. And I remember what made me start crying was um, I was showing, I had done a (laughs) non-dominant, non-dominant hand creative prompt of my spirit animal. And I had done, so my, my spirit animal is this, is a, the sea snail. And actually I'm looking at it right now. And, um, and so I had, but I had, so my main one is the sea snail, but I have a lot of spirit animals and I was, you know, the sloth, I have a llama, I have a sheep here. I don't remember that one and a flamingo and all of them say, we love you to my snail. And cause I was just, I was not feeling I was not feeling good about myself. And also I hadn't done all of the homework <laughs> and I was really, I was really embarrassed and ashamed about not having done the homework. Cause that's like Gabriella, uh, perfectionist here. You have to do all the homework and is just, I, I just, I felt, I felt lonely. I felt unloved because I was not, I did not love myself. I did not love myself. And there was also the, um, I had done a collage of what I thought feminine was and um, which was, was, I very much enjoyed that. And, you know, I was looking at it and I was talking to you and I was like, this is my mom. Like everything on here reminds me of my mom. And I felt deeply saddened because I had this sensation that I had just been rejecting the feminine all my life and sort of like rejecting my mom because she, she, as I said in the other episode, she is a deeply spiritual, deeply feminine, deeply like she comes from love and abundance. And I just did not let that in because I thought it was frivolous and weak. And I just felt so sad that 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 was how I had been living and like I you know I again I hadn't seen I hadn't seen my mom in a year and so it was this like this need I wanted to connect with her physically to see her and and like apologize in a and then apologize I will not in a like oh god really I can't believe you do that just like an accepting like I didn't know better but now I see and apologize and thank her for, for trying to show me this, trying to show me how life can be from her perspective. But, you know, I got there and I'm now open to it and um, so grateful for that. But there was, it was a very sad um, <coughs> moment. Yes. Oh, thank you for sharing that. It's, yes, the hard, the challenging parts are often too, like the biggest gateways to the change because of the word you just used is acceptance. There was a resistance that you had, that had been fostered by, you know, society and uh, the the world of higher education and all of these things, you know, that are really really oxygenating that masculine energy, you know, go mm-hmm. and, and make money and, and be successful and do these things and be independent, be on your own. You know, this is a um, beautiful masculine qualities, but when out of balance, 
when we do so much of that and we neglect entirely the feminine, the result is a very, very, very confused being. And I too found myself, you know, uh, years back at this point, but, uh, you know, wrapped up in the, in the partying because I was trying, I was trying to feel something, trying to feel happiness and joy and elation in a ways because I was neglecting so much of, you know, who I was, um, and going back to, you know, neglecting the power of my moon cycle, neglecting the truth, which is that I wanted to be a mother. Like that, that my truth is that I should have walked up to, you know, the gentleman who I was dating, you know, and say, uh, I actually want to like have kids, right? Like right now. <laughs> but, you know, my world, my, I didn't, I didn't feel supported in that by, um, outside um, and so much as so it had permeated my being so that I didn't really feel it inside either like I mm-hmm. it didn't feel like it was authentically me to say that I want children and that I want to you know be barefoot running around the garden making bread and getting chicken eggs like I just I and I, part of me really knew I wanted that like really knew that that's what I wanted but I was much too afraid to say it um, because I thought it was weak. I thought it was, um, yeah, sort of frivolous. I mean, that was another word. You yeah. exactly how I felt about the feminine. Ah, we've come so far. I no longer feel that way. Oh, none. Oh my goodness. Actually, like today, um, <laughs> I had uh, a friend and a coworker gave me a present um, for helping her with the translation, which the present is amazing because it's a bag that has a couple in a, it's like a Kama Sutra, which for so many reasons, that's like the perfect gift for me. <laughs> but, like, but, but then in, inside it's all of these beautiful products, like this, um, like essential oil to roll under my eyes and beautiful soap that smells like jasmine and, and incense. And like, these are things that I would have never wanted someone to give me that before. And now I, it just brings me so much joy to have these things to help take care of myself. And that also someone recognizes that that is also what I want to do, that I, I, I give off this vibe that I wanted to nourish myself and take care of myself. And it was just this, this perfect gift. Like I'm so, it's, it's so wonderful to take care of yourself. Self-care is, oh. Oh. <laughs> wow. I know. And like, it's just like the exhale of that. Oh, and you just can't make this up because I feel like it's very clear, you know, that like that connecting with our cycle is absolutely step one of self-care mm-hmm. because our, our, our cycle teaches us how to do it. Like there is room for all of the energies in the cycle. And it's every month, it's literally, we have an opportunity, a brand new opportunity to start fresh every month. It is so, oh, just divine. It just, it's just so divine. Oh, I'm so, I'm so grateful that that friend of yours gave you that self-care care package. Yeah, it really, it's also this, reinforces like one of the uh, things one of my mantras every morning is like I accept the gifts and abundance from the universe and 
you know, it's there. Like that's, (laughs) that's what I asked for. That's, that's what I want. And then it's just like, boom, Gabriella, here it is. This is what you asked for. And it's just, it's, it's, uh, I'm so grateful. So grateful. Yes. Oh, Gabriella is so dedicated to her morning practice and her mantras and oh it's just so inspiring and such a great reminder um so this is funny your initial bleed experience can you mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah of course I don't remember it at all <laughs> <Zero. out>. totally <laughs> leave that part out I have no idea other like I only the only thing that I remembered was that it happened a couple of weeks before I turned 15 but that was all I remembered and then you encouraged me to ask my mom and I did and she told me that I woke up and I said I think I got my period and that was it That, that it was really light, that there was no, there was no, like, there wasn't trauma. I have no trauma in quotation marks. It was light, spotty. And, and that because it had already been just like talked about in, at school, um, in what do we call that? Like family life or something like that. And then, so because of that, we had gone together to like the pharmacy to get products. I remember none of that. Oh, zero. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Zero. Well, and so, and as we chuckle through it, it's like harsh. It's both and. It's like a little bit funny, but it's also a little bit sad because in so in many cultures, this is a time of reverence. This is a time of major respect for the transition of girl to uh, like maidenhood, where you are now ready to. Um, to be with child if you so choose Um, and so what I'd like for you to share this like anyway just how if and when you have a daughter or Mm -hmm. a a, a friend you have a close uh, friend who has a daughter how might you help to foster this rite of passage the first thing that I think of is a confetti bomb Ah! (laughs) and like a crown like there should be like oh my god (laughs) congratulations confetti everywhere and a crown and a crown the crown Gabrielle our party girl I love it (laughs) so cute yes and so I feel like for me I um I want to have like a barefoot walk in the woods Mm. where I just hold space to be like anything that you're feeling, anything that you, anything you want to know, I'm happy to share. And then to share my experience, because I do think that that, you know, that is always helpful to like share um, a little bit of the journey of, of, you know, like how I've come to understand my cycle and mm-hmm. how that and really impress upon um, this young woman um, or young women that that this is a time 
that this is a gift that as opposed to this bleeding being something that is, you know, to be quieted and shamed or guilted or just brushed under the rug, like it's no big deal. The opposite, you know, really for it to be um, revered and to be respected and to be understood. Um, and, and, and with ceremony, with, with ceremony. With ceremony. Yes, exactly. A friend of mine, she said her mom made her a, a red velvet cake and she said that was a little much. <laughs> she was like, that part kind of weirded me out. I was like, that is awesome and kind of <laughs> You know, it was like, it was a full on, like it was like a crimson wave party. Like that's what, <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. And so, you know, the extremes I feel like can be received in any number of ways. Um, but and there's no right or wrong way. Um, so, well, have I not said that yet? I don't think I have. In the work of rebirth, I am very deliberate about reframing the words right and wrong. These are like blanket statement words that to me really origin, the origin is like dogmatic religion. And I'm just not about, I'm not about these like, just like guillotine chop, that's right, or this is wrong. It's just so binary. And we are really trying to escort ourselves out of the binary thought process and just know that it's a value. It's a grayscale. I mean, there's just an infinite amount of um, colors in between the polar uh, opposites of the black and white or whatever. So I think that care, like in the form of ceremony, like showing, showing someone that you care about them showing these next generations that we care deeply about them and that their bodies matter and that their bodies are strong and powerful and capable of bringing life into the world, not weak and damaged and, you know, maybe capable of perhaps having a successful vaginal birth or likely, you know, a surgical procedure. I mean, just that whole narrative to me is, is it's just like we were speaking earlier. It's a, to, like a big, wet blanket on the fire embers whereas mm -hmm. we want our young people to feel to understand their bodies and to know um you know well that, that rolls into the sexual conversation which is next week <laughs> um but yeah so if anything kind of pops into your mind you know just um well and i guess the exercise that i do now is you imagine your adult self so our current selves taking our young 15, so for you, a couple weeks shy of 15, taking her, young Gabriella, for a walk on the beach or in the forest or through the mountains. And what, and really imagine that, like really imagine you and your adult self walking your young teen self and just holding space for her. Any questions she might have, um, any feelings she may be experiencing and just knowing that like, and then it's not, it's, I don't think it's a quick conversation between cooking meals and getting the breakfast ready or, you know, or whatever. Like, I think it's really like, that's the ceremony, you know, is, is it going out in nature, having a, having quiet, having the quiet time in between the talking to really feel that, that we're truly comfortable with this subject matter. Because so to me, that's what, that's what comes up for me is that I just, I detected a discomfort around the subject matter for my own mom. 
just being like, either this is unimportant or it's just like like blase, like really quick, just kind of move through this and with no attention, with no with no care. Um, and that I think, you know, I love my mom dearly. This is not a criticism of her, right. um, but it's a, uh, but it's like, where's the mindfulness component? You know, where is the, cause it's not just like, you know, something you do every day. Like this, that's right. a big, significant transition. Hello, hello, Rain again. Just here to drop a line about my masterclass. So I'm sponsoring myself for my free masterclass. If you are interested in healing yourself, in understanding yourself, in deepening your relationship with your instincts and intuition, this is step one of working with me. Head over to my website, watch my masterclass for free and feel out sort of the roots, the foundations to what it means to work with me. All right, back to the show. And for anyone who's wondering what about the men? So I have worked with five men. Um, and when this, uh, this phase is discussed, we talk about the first fluid dream which is just my more beautiful way of saying wet dream. Mm -hmm. um, and, but just with that deliberate language shift, it feels more accessible, um, more beautiful, mm -hmm. more, mm -hmm. um, dreamy, you know, yeah. what that might be like. And so, yeah, it's like, it's um, to hold space for the young men as well, you know, because as mothers, um, as women, we're holding space for both men and women in these young ages. And you're a teacher. I mean, you, this is a, this is quite prominent for you. And, um, you know, so just knowing that these little people are, are, you know, headed towards this transitionary phase, um, in life and, and how you might hold space if, if someone has a question or, you know, it's also the huge hormonal shifts that are happening. Like this is why that, that 13, 14, 15 year old um, human is so complex because they're going through these, you know, their body is, is metamorphosizing into the young adult. So mm -hmm. they're not crazy. They're just <laughs> shifting. <laughs> <laughs> Evolving, if you will. <laughs> absolutely absolutely and did you feel that um the men that you worked with felt as much shame around not their first nearly. yeah not even a comparison um I would say for the feminine it's about 80 to 90 percent shame around the first bleed or bleeding in general. And I would say it's about 20 to 30% shame for the man, for the men, mm -hmm. for the men's. Um, now I'm only talking about five men, so that's not a very big pool, right? Um, I'm uh, sure that, and also I think like even just 30, 40 years ago, there'd be much more shame 
<laughs> at least in, in the United States. I mean, you're in Europe, it's totally different culture, um, similar, but different. But, um, you know, with, uh, with Christianity around, around as, a pre as a predominant, I think there was definitely um, shame around it um, for the Christians. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, most of the guys were saying like, one of them said that it was like in the shower, he just like, it just happened. He was like, you know, doing his routine wash and all of a sudden just like, bam! <laughs> and he was like, wow, that was cool, you know, and, but and not a whole lot of connection to what that bam really is. And, you know, I know that there's different schools of thought on to like whether to sexualize and I'm air quoting that whether to sexualize these young people or not. I mean, I think we know the truth, whether that is every, anyone's comfortable with that or not. I mean, like King Tut, you know, ancient, uh, the ancient Egyptians, King Tut mm -hmm. was like 13 when he had at least his first child, or he might've had multiple children by age 13 or 14. Yeah, and he was King Tut, like reigning over the, the, dynasty or however you say this culture um as a 13 or 14 year old so you know it might make us uncomfortable to think about you know the act of sex for for really young people but you know, the truth is is and i remember we were all talking about it we were all you know very excited to do it um uh, there was well oh, we're getting, get that's next week Next week, right, right, right. Next week's conversation. <laughs> get, all, get all ahead of myself. Um, but they are connected. So I guess that's the point is that like these are connected. Um, and the men did say, however, all of them, that they had wished that there was, <clears throat> they all had a friend they could go to or a sibling, but the parents were sort of off limits. Yeah. And I think that that is, you know, again, going back to our birth conversation. So if you haven't listened to the birth episode, which was the previous one, um, please do, because it is all connected. We're talking about sexual reproduction, which is what we are. Human beings are sexual, sexually reproducting beings. And so our sexuality doesn't just kick in conveniently at, you know, age 27 and a half to 35 and a half to make, you know, these babies with, uh, you know, the most structured brain and the most financially stable or whatever that, you know, this, this concept in the West is of what it means to be quote unquote, a good parent that mm -hmm. I don't know, it's up for debate. Um, most of the women that I'm working with, um, uh, are all saying that, you know, if they did it again, they would have started having children earlier um, for all sorts of different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and again, this is not about right or wrong. This is just exploring where we have become disconnected as, um, as individuals and as a species, as a society, as a global society, and where we, and all we have to do is reconnect, just like Gabrielle has been sharing about, about the moon cycle. It was a reconnection. She just decided to listen to the inner wisdom of this rhythmic clock that exists inside of the female body. And as the process, she began to know, get to know herself again. She began to trust herself again, began to become in alignment. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And so that is really the foundation, the bedrock of um, your experience of this program. And I mean, with your spiritual awakening, essentially. That's, that's what this is about. The, I mean, like in the, for everyone that listened to the, to your masterclass, it's the authentic self. Yes. Yes. Going back to that. Exactly. Rediscovering the authentic self. It's and because we're all sitting in it. Everyone mm-hmm. listening to this, you are your authentic self. Like you are your vessel. It's all the components are there. It's really about removing, <laughs> shedding layers of confusion um, and, and information that, that doesn't serve us anymore or mm-hmm. just to be re, uh, reassessed. So one other thing that I wanted to, because it's interesting that this happened specifically with Gabriela is uh, you said the word, this was a turning point. And so there was a couple of things that we did in specifically in your, in your session in our two hour time focusing on this, where you had said that you had, um, had done some partying. So we were needing to recalibrate. And as a result, you did juice cleanse and you went plant-based for a while. Can you just um, share a little bit about that experience? Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> it was difficult. This was, um, it was a challenge, but uh, um, yeah, I, I, I did it. I, you said, let's, let's cleanse. And so this is the first time I'd ever done a juice cleanse. And it was, and you gave me like, you gave me instructions and you gave me specific um, juices to, to drink. So I bought a juicer which was, that was really exciting too. Cause again, it was this like, Oh, do I need to like, do I really need to buy this? Like, yes, this is for yourself. This, this is for you get the juicer. And, and so you gave me the program and it was like the two days raw and the juice day. And then two days raw after. And, and then I guess like the two normal days on the weekend and um, wow. That was, that was, um, it was an incredible experience and something that like, so that was the idea was that I was going to keep doing the juice cleanse once a week throughout rebirth. And then I, I kept on doing it. Um, (laughs) so like, uh, just to clarify, you did ended up doing like one day of just juicing. Yeah. Yeah. During the program. Super cool. Yeah, it was, and which I will say that I, I was also very lucky to be in a position where I, I was working from home and that was a lot easier for me to really, to really focus on that because that's something like for right now, because I'm, I'm, I spend half my time teaching. I'm a little bit more hesitant because it is uh, like the energy and it can be a little bit more challenging. So I, it, it was a lot easier for me to do it then. Um, and to really like dedicate myself to that. And, and then, and it coincided with, um, starting a plant-based diet. And, uh, that was, that was also, that was, uh, that was great because to be perfectly honest, I maybe missed meat one weekend and my body did not crave it afterwards. And it was a really, it was actually quite an easy shift for me. Um, and 
it's something that like that this is also part of the process and exploring what is uh what your body wants because like as we have talked our relationship with food and labels and um and what we put in our body is shifting so it's i what i choose to put in my body now is different from what i was putting in my body when i was doing rebirth and and like that's that's all allowed and that's what's yeah. really fun about this too is that it's allowed to change yeah. uh, but it was this sort of shift in treating my body like a temple which i i you know if i had said that 2 years ago i'd be like oh, yeah your body's a temple okay whatever blah blah blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. i felt that I really I felt it and it just it's it the the term that we use now mindful tarian mindful tarian <laughs> uh, that it's just being like starting to just sort of wake up and be conscious about what you're putting in your body and exploring that and also timed at this so it was the juice cleanse it was going plant-based and I stopped drinking alcohol <coughs> Which why did, I, why did I cough just then? <laughs> <laughs> Can you say that again, please, without me coughing? That was awesome. I stopped. I stopped drinking alcohol. No, the, uh, all, three, all three. Oh, all three. Okay, so I um, I went. Uh, was it the first thing I said? Hugo. I went plant based. What? Hugo, Hugo, Hugo. Oh, okay. I did the juice cleanse. I went plant based, and I stopped drinking alcohol. Right on. So thank you. So those three things, I don't, um, I'm never going to say that that's a forever. I mean, unless you have like stage four cancer and you're like really like in, maybe in your fifties or sixties and light and you have not treated your body well, maybe, maybe at that point I would say, okay, only plants. But for most of my clients, most, most of the listeners of this show, I would say that this is important to do um, the juice cleanse, which I'm going to put link in the show notes to actually, um, it's two days raw, one day juice, two days raw, and then back to normal. So you, in those, the two days leading up and the two days after are like the most important parts, uh, to really give yourself this grace, this grace of, of moving through, because if, huh, if you just do a juice cleanse, like randomly, without doing a mindful transition, it could really backfire. It could make you feel like shit. It could make you really tired. And you'd be like, I never fucking want to do that again. And so mm -hmm. then that's ruined. So that, again, there has to be this mindful transition. Um, so we'll put a link to that in the show notes, but go, and then going plant-based for, um, for, I think, you know, six weeks minimum, three months maximum to give your body a chance to, this is recalibration. This is cleansing. This is a because you can't really cleanse in three to five days. It's not really, but and I am not suggesting, you know, as Gabriella said, mindful tarian is what we are, is what we're into, which is, you know, is the combination of like the locavore, which was just always a word that kind of bothered me. <laughs> but you know, eating locally is is extremely, extremely mindful. Um, mm -hmm. finding smaller farms and smaller uh, vendors who are, you know, using their hands, their own two hands, or, you know, um, and paying their employees well and loving their animals and keeping the mamas and the baby cows or goats or whatnot together. Um, you know, the slaughter, slaughter process being as, um, as mindful as possible. Um, this all might sound 
kind of crazy, but whatever. I mean, it is it it is what we have found. And when I say we, I mean Gabrielle and I in our in our in our group here of rebirthers and, and Ottawa members, you know, it's just something that um that we that we that we roll with and and it's like you can always fall back just before this episode i'm sick as you could all hear i'm sorry about that again but um i was like what could i do in this i had like two hours of downtime before um gabrielle and i came on the show and i i did some silent mindful cleaning of the kitchen I made a big delicious salad with a bunch of herbs and veggies from the garden and like made a really simple, um, just like vinaigrette with like lemon and oil and scallions and tamari. And I mean, it was just so mm. good, like toast with chick with like a chickpea mash, kind of like a hummus, but the mm -hmm. chickpeas were so hot. So I didn't want the, the, the blender to explode. So I just like pumped it a couple of times. I was like, all right, enough. But you know, I'll do some big slices of this bread that's made at this amazing bakery that's local. And ah, I mean, it's like just that one plant-based meal that was like, that was really deliberate. And I made, and Damien was also home and he was doing a workout. And I was so proud of him for doing the workout. I was so proud of me for, you know, for stopping in the middle of the day. Cause I could easily just email, 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 and, you know, get more clients and get more podcast guests and, you know, just keep on the list and stuff. But I was like, ah! and literally I was like, what would Gabriella tell me to do right now? And I was like, aha, you know, like, and so and there I was in the kitchen, you know, and, and, and it was, and it was so beautiful and it was permission. And I recognize that, you know, it also might sound like a bunch of privilege here. And I suppose it is but I don't want to have shame and guilt around that. You know, I want to take ownership over the fact that I've crafted my life to be this way so that, you know, because I could make a couple thousand more dollars and go on a couple more trips. But, you know, if my day-to-day -day life is, you know, is more enjoyable and I, my health is, is better and I'm sleeping better and I'm, you know, being present for my family and my friends and my clients and, you know, that I, that I don't have to go on the trips, that I, I don't need to escape my current reality. And, and it's like a pendulum swing. I mean, this narrative changes in my head often, but I just want to share um, back to the sort of the power of plants. It's like, is that really helped? It just helped recalibrate my whole day and this conversation. And um, yeah, and it, so it just, it goes like the, the clean eating, it goes a long way. And it's, mm -hmm. and it is also always available to us, you know, in a way mm -hmm. that like foie gras is not. <laughs> you know? um, but speaking of, I found a delicious vegan uh, foie uh, What? <laughs> yeah, that I, I actually was, I was like, okay, this, is this even like, does this need to exist? And, if, and thinking like, oh, it's not even going to be. It is fucking <laughs> Wait, we're gonna put a link to that. Wait, oh my god. Wait, okay. Wait, and you know what else is so crazy? And this is actually where I think we're gonna end, is there is now this was probably 10 years ago at this point, but I discovered through, I believe, yes, Anthony Bourdain hmm. that the best foie gras, air quotes in the world 
was actually made in Spain. I'm going to put a link in the show notes because there is an episode. Oh my gosh. And this farmer, he, it's all mindful. So I think like a pot of, you know, foie gras that's this big, which is that like four ounces or something is probably like 395 euro. Yeah. Like absurd, but because his process is everything is because of what he plants and how he maintains his land. And the geese literally come naturally and then they stay. They choose to stay because, because of the way that he's um, you know, worked with the plants and there's these specific types of flowers and, and plants that the, that the geese just love and they won't leave. And then he only slaughters X amount a year and that's it. And he's not in the business of, you know, mass production or whatever there. So there's no force feeding. There's um, they're, they're, they're literally they're free range and they're free birds. Like it's um, mm-hmm. so I just, and so that's sort of mindful Terry and, you know, in a way. Um, well, it absolutely is. It absolutely it, is. It, yeah. Cause again, this, it's the, it's just the permission to, like the again like we don't want to use labels because it's like we like explore just explore it's all it's all allowed just be aware of what of of what it is that you're consuming exactly conscious was it conscious conscious of what of the content is that I think that's what like that's what I do yeah yes there it is consumption oh I like that yeah Yeah. Well, all right. Do you have any closing statements that you want to make around, around the moon cycle, around bleeding, around any of that? I just, it comes back to trust and, and trusting your body and that it just brings you right back. It's like, it's just, it's the beginning of loving yourself. And when you love yourself, it just, it shifts everything around you. It's exciting. It's magical. It's magical. Step into the magic. Step into the magic. Yes. Oh, so yeah. To everyone listening, please like have a look, have a look at your cycle. Oh gosh. There's so many things now that I realized that we didn't get to talk about, but it's okay. You know what? Maybe we'll do a a moon cycle phase two. Cause I just realized like, you know, the connections to, um, like the dangers of birth control and uh, yeah, <laughs> all of that, all of that yep. stuff is, is, um, is, uh, is for another conversation. We'll have another conversation. Um, thank you so much, Gabriela. You're just such a radiant beam of gloriousness. Oh, I love you so much. I love you so much. So grateful for you. Little love fest it's over just, here. I know, right? I am, it's just, <laughs> My heart, my heart is so full and I like, like I'm touching yours. I'm touching everybody's heart. It is just, it's just like you guys, everyone like step into this. Step into it's, 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 it's a beautiful space to be in. Just love. 
It truly is. Well, thank you all so much for joining. And um, so next week we are going to wrap about, uh, it's getting sexy. It's getting sexy. We're going for brown first. Chicken, brown cow. Exactly. <laughs> Experiences and how these shape our being. So um, please um, email us um, at info at rain studios or oh gosh it's not info maybe it's birth at rain studios or just rain at rain studios whatever um you can dm us on uh instagram and we would love to hear feedback we would love to hear questions um anything that y'all want to know about the program gabrielle and i are here to rap about it and tell you yes. <laughs> so until next week thank you so much bye everyone And phase two of rebirth is complete. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your compassionate curiosity about your own lives, your own beautiful selves, and this incredible work of rebirth. Um, Thanks so much for joining the podcast. Please give us a um, review and um, subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast. And special thanks to, again, Gabriella for spending this time with me as time is our most valuable commodity, asset, however we want to say it, Um, resource. I like resource. Um, Thank you to Amber, my incredible assistant. So amazing. None of this would happen without your help. And Z, you amazing podcast producer that you are. And Justin Briggs. I just said Justin Briggs. No, no, that is your name. Justin Case is what I always call you. Um, Justin Briggs, thank you so much for the music, the theme song to our podcast. Got to get you on the show, my friend. And see you next week. Peace, plants, birth, life, and death.